11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Tony Rocha. Tony, how's it going? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Um, let's just go back in time a little bit. Uh, could you tell me your first memory of playing soccer? Uh, first memory of playing soccer was just playing with both my brothers when we were uh, younger, not really organized, obviously, just um, you're on the field and just following the ball and just running around and just going out there and just kind of enjoying that aspect of soccer. Yeah, for sure. And then um, I usually ask everybody, I know you, you grew up in, in Texas, right? Yes. So where, did you play like high school and club or did you just play like club? I played high school and club. Nice. So how is that? Yeah. Like, how is that? Because I know there's some players that I interview and some only get to play club because maybe it interferes or, or the team won't let them or stuff like that. Yeah, I know. I remember when I was playing um, our club coach said that he strongly suggested that we didn't play high school and kind of just focus on academy. Yeah. Um, but high school soccer was so fun. Like I got to play forward, um, score a lot of goals and everything. And so I still wanted to play high school. Yeah. Um, but I know there are some guys that like didn't play high school because I think the De- development academy was just starting then. And so they were focusing more on, on the club aspect of it. Yeah, for sure. Was that like, so was like high school soccer like easy to you? Yeah, it was easier than club. <laughs> That's funny. Um, now, tell me a little bit about um, what was your recruiting process like? Um, I mean, it was just, I guess, the college coaches reaching out to me um, through email or th- to, through my coach. Um, and then my coach just coming up to me. But a lot of it was, I mean, Tulsa was one of the first ones that reached out uh, to me. And they're one of the closer ones that uh, was from Houston. And so, I guess that's one of the reasons why that uh, university attracted was attracted to me. So, um, yeah. Yeah. What about like, was there any other offers on the table and like, how did you ultimately pick uh, Tulsa? Yeah. I mean, there was definitely other offers. Um, like I said before, I think the reason why I did pick Tulsa was I guess the style of play. I remember when I had a conversation with a coach, he said, you're going to come here and compete for a spot. Um, and some of the other schools I was looking at, I didn't know if I was going to be able to play right off the bat. So, I know that would, that would have been crucial for my development. So I guess having that as an opportunity to play there and, and the way they played and, and they were still in the top 25, uh, it was definitely a top choice for me. For sure. Um, and then what was your, what was your overall experience like at university of Tulsa, like on and off the pitch? Yeah. I mean, I had a great time uh, on the field. We won a couple of conference championships. We went to the NCAA tournament a couple of times. Um, great group of guys. I still keep in contact with, uh, some of them um, and then off the field I mean it was a great school so just being able to get a great education was a plus 
Yeah, definitely. And then, um, was there, was there like a moment in time, like either maybe in college or maybe while you, before you got to college, was there like that you knew maybe you were like a little better than everybody that like you could go pro? Um, yeah, I think it was definitely in college, I guess when I started, I guess on the team and, and playing a lot and, and just kind of, um, yeah, just standing out on the team and, and getting like conference accolades and all that stuff and, and kind of just my coach saying, Hey, you have potentially could play at the next level. And that was kind of the, the first time that I, I guess, took it seriously that I could play. Yeah. And then, um, so you going into your last year at university of Tulsa, um, what was the, like the preparation like to train, like for the MLS? Um, a lot of that was just, I guess, during the off season, or I guess summer, going into my senior year was just focusing on being as fit as I can and, and just staying healthy so I can go into the season strong and, and finish it and then hopefully get looks at MLS teams. Yeah. And then, um, you got drafted in the, the fourth round in the, in the 2015 draft. So what was it like to hear your name called? Yeah. So I actually got, I signed the USL contract before I got drafted. Um, so I was actually surprised that I, when I heard my name that I got drafted. Um, so I reached out to the USL coach. It was the Austin Aztecs and was like, Hey, I just got drafted. Um, I wanted to go to try play MLS. And he was nice enough to be like, all right, like, I know you want to play in MLS. I'll let you go there and try out. And if they want to sign you, then I'll release your contract and you can go play MLS. So, um, so after that conversation, like I first heard my name and I it was mixed emotions. Like I was super excited, but then also thought in the back of my mind, like I already signed a contract. Like, what does this mean? And stuff. And, after having the conversation with the coach in the USL and he kind of just let me go, I was super excited to, to go out there and try to earn a, an MLS spot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's awesome that the, the coach let you do that. And yeah. um, isn't like some of the, some of the USL teams are connected to the MLS teams now, right? Yeah. They have a lot of second teams like, um, like Orlando city B. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 pretty interesting that you were you were drafted even though you were signed. That's crazy. Um, and then just tell me about uh, you got you made you made your MLS debut with Orlando City, which is an expansion team. And you were you were one of the first players assigned. Um, so what was that like? Yeah, I, I remember getting recruited out of Austin to go play in Orlando City B, which is the first year they were playing in the USL. Um, and through that through that first year, there was a couple of us that would get up get up and play with the MLS team and would train with them and play open cup minutes. So we were kind of on that cusp of getting signed. And then um, Jason Christ came in and two weeks after he came in, he signed a couple of us from the uh, USL team to the MLS team. And I was one of them and I was super excited and, and grateful and kind of like that dream come true to sign that MLS contract and, and be able to play at that next level. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Uh, that's why, no, I, I like, that's why it's cool to me. Cause um, like, I'm not a huge like soccer guy, but so I learned a lot of different things. And I remember I had one guy on that. He was, uh, he was in college. He, he got something with his like fourth year of college, but he couldn't, he wasn't eligible to get drafted cause he was a, uh-huh. a, a homegrown player. Um, even though he like all the things were all, I don't know. It was a weird situation, but it's interesting. Just like in terms of versus other sports, it's interesting how soccer works with, the rights of players i'd say yeah um it's uh it's different like especially with homegrown as well like you can sign a homegrown player without them playing for your academy yeah 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 
Yeah, it's interesting. Weird, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I know you moved up a, a lot. So, what has that been like? Just what, like what motivates you to keep on going? Um, I mean, I guess just that's all I wanted to do when I was younger was to be a professional soccer player. So, being at that level and, and kind of just seeing the lifestyle that that it has and being able to do that for a living. And I know there's a ton of players out there that would swap places with me. So that's kind of the motivation I have to continue to keep going. Yeah. And um, then, all right. And then 2018, the uh, New York city FC acquired you. And um, then I'd say you, you played a lot there and you were on the team. You were on the team last year that won the, the, the MLS cup. Um, so what, what was that like to be an MLS champion now? Yeah. Um, I mean, that was a great experience. That was, um, I mean, I'll step back a little bit and go from my Orlando city days when I was there, we were probably one of the worst teams in the league and um, just going from there and getting traded to New York city uh, playoff contention, uh, kind of just a winning culture. And so that, I guess, change in locker room and, and everything was such a great experience to have the group of guys in the locker room and, and that long journey that we were on last year and the highs and the lows throughout the season. But, to be able to lift that trophy at the end of it is kind of what every team starts the season with. And we were able to do it last season and I'll never forget that season. Yeah. I mean, like, like they said, no one could ever take that away from you. That's always going to be on your yeah, resume. Exactly. So yeah. it's always dope. Um, and then this year you're playing for uh, Orange County C uh, SC. So um, how is that? How is that going right now? I know it's the pretty much like the beginning of the season. Yeah, the beginning of the season. Uh, we had our first game last weekend, actually. So it just started. Um, but it's been good. The guys in the locker room have been very welcoming. Um, they have a winning culture, just like it was in New York, because they won it last year. So they're defending the title this season. So I guess there's that little bit of added pressure from the outside for us to retain it. But um, we're doing well, like still early in the season. So mm -hmm. excited for it. Yeah, I know the last couple of years I was have been um, crazy with COVID and stuff. So how is that like, even just like schedule wise? I know like the MLS got pushed back, and now I think you guys are back on regular schedule. So what has that have been like? Just like the schedule, even like probably your body was kind of just like not used to doing things in certain months. Yeah, it was. I mean, especially during the COVID like years, the last couple of years, um, we started late last season, and then so they had a bunch of games that were crammed in during the season. So we were doing a lot of Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday games or weeks. Um, and so a lot of the times you really weren't training that hard during the week because guys had to recover for games that they're playing um, throughout the season. So it was definitely a, a change kind of in how we were preparing for games. But I mean, it comes with, with COVID. Yeah, no, for sure. It's been a weird couple of years. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players. Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? -on -one? Now you can with B-Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. Um, oh, and I also wanted to ask you about your, your first MLS goal. So could you, could you like take me through that? Yeah, so we do set pieces going leading into the game. Um, and so I'm getting subbed in and... and the uh, goalkeeper coach Rob is telling me this is your positioning. Uh, if it's going to be the sense winger, you're blocking for this guy and just like be in the box just in case like something happens. So corner kids going, getting taken. Like I'm not one of the ones that are going in to win the ball. It's more like, let me block someone's guy and let him get open. 
Um, so the ball gets swung in, the guy that I block for, the ball goes overhead and it's coming right at me. And so I'm kind of just in the perfect spot at the right time. And then I'm volleyed into the bottom corner. Yeah, that's dope. It was it was a long time coming for for a goal. That was my first one that MLS. I was been in the league for a while, so yeah, yeah, no, nah, for sure. Um, and then you play for um, Belize, the national for the national team. Um, mm -hmm. How is that? Like, what is your what's your background? Like your heritage, and and then what does it mean to you to play for your national team? Yeah, so my mom was born in Belize, so that's the connection there. Um, and so my dream was always to play for the U.S. national team, but getting a little bit older and not really getting those calls or looks, um, I was like, I, I still want to play for a national team. And so being able to represent um, a nation in general uh, on the big stage is, is super exciting. And I'm thankful to be able to do that and um, kind of just have that entire country behind us. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, just, to, just to play for any national team, I think that's like a, a dope experience for anybody. Um, all right, you ready for the five Quincy questions? Yeah, let's they're do gonna, it. They're going to they're gonna make you think a little bit more. <laughs> oh, they're not like quick fire. They're like more in-depth. And... <laughs> well, well, you could take it either way. Um, okay. <laughs> what's, the, what's the most important skill or quality that you feel has made you successful as a pro player? Uh, I would say a hard worker. All I right. think uh, just having that quality in the locker room. And whether you're doing 5v5, 11v11, just being that teammate that everyone can count on. <clears throat> Definitely. Um, what do you think is the, the biggest mistake pro players are making? Getting complacent. All right, I, I like think that. sometimes, yeah, we think we're on the team and we have two years in our contract, so we think we can kind of slack off. And you see it a lot in those two years come quick, and at the end of the two years, you're not really any further ahead than you were two years before. Now you're looking for a team and – wish you would have done something differently yeah no i think that could i think that could relate to like just like regular life too and uh like people in regular jobs so i feel like people get complacent with things in general yeah. um what, what advice would you give to a younger player um try, either trying to get like a, a scholarship or make a pro team i would say to believe in yourself i think first and foremost having that confidence in yourself to know that you can make it to the next level, regardless of what anyone else around you is telling you. That's the first step in making it. Yeah, definitely. And these next two could be soccer related or, or life related. So whatever you're, okay. whatever you're thinking, um, what is something that most people think is true that you believe isn't? Ooh, um, no off days. I see that a lot where people are working hard and they're saying no off days. That's and that but in fact like our bodies are made for rest like we need the eight <laughs> hours of sleep we need our off days for our bodies to recover so everyone every athlete listen, listen out there take those off days all right that might be my new favorite one because <laughs> no because that's so true like it, it's obviously like like people really some people take that literal like you do have to rest yeah. even like like you do have to recover like it's normal yeah um Last one on the five Quincy questions. What is something that you would move forward with if you weren't scared, uh, if things didn't go well for you? Probably investing in real estate. All right. So outside of soccer, like I want to make that hurdle, but I just don't know where to start with it and stuff. So yeah, just investing I, in real estate. Yeah. Yeah. I always think about that and I'm just like, yeah, just like imagine the tenants. Like I can't like the tenant. I just think of tenant problems. Yeah. 
Exactly. That and like I, I know I listen to all these people and they're like, you gotta take action, you gotta take action. So yeah. hopefully soon I'll, I'll get started in that. But that's the biggest thing that I want to get started with that I, I haven't. Yeah, no, that's dope. Um yeah, now we'll get into some fun questions. Um I know me and you kind of linked up because of NFTs. So tell me a little bit about how you got into NFTs and what's your your NFT <clears throat> journey been like so far. <laughs> so how I got into NFTs was just watching these random videos with Gary Vee and all these guys that are talking about NFTs and how if you don't really know about them, just learn, just watch videos and everything. And so that's what I started doing, just watching videos on them, kind of just um, an introduction to the space. So I guess that's how I've been started with them. And then my NFT journey has just been like going on OpenSea and seeing the different NFT collections, kind of just learning more about them. Um, and then just reaching out and asking people who I see posts about NFTs, like what is this project? Um, kind of just learning more. So just becoming, I guess, more knowledgeable in the space. And then um, I've actually a part of a blue, the blue checks community. I don't know if you heard about them, but it's a bunch of professional athletes, um, celebrities that are in there and all in the NFT space and uh, looking to just help projects out. And, and uh, yeah. Is it, you said blue checks or blue chimps blue checks oh uh, no i don't like I the don't blue know. checks yeah it's all, all verified athletes professional athletes oh gotcha okay that's dope i gotta check that out um and then um what about in your in your off season what do you like to do uh i like to go on vacation um relax not really do i guess much working out for the first couple of weeks yeah. um you take those days go, off oh yeah for sure 100 <laughs> we can go you go hard for 10 months out of the season like, yeah. our body needs at least two weeks to just rack, relax and rest and then um luckily schedule if schedule permits last year didn't but going um during the holidays and going to see family and stuff yeah definitely um what are, what is something that people don't know about you um uh, but i was vegan a couple of years ago so i was right. vegan for a full year uh before it was like a, a the thing to do um so i did that for a year i had a roommate actually that um had been vegan for like five or six years and he was just always telling me the benefits about being a plant-based athlete and everything and i was just like you know what i'll take the jump i'll see what it's all about and so i was like all right i'll do it for a year um no cheating, no anything during for a year and then see how like my body feels and everything. And it was actually a, a pretty cool experience. Um, so now I would say I'm majority plant-based. It's definitely changed the way I've eaten, but every once in a while I have a steak or, or stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I feel weird. Like if I don't eat, if I don't eat meat for like a day or two, <laughs> I don't know if it's just like, yeah. but if I don't think about if like, if I don't think about it, then it's nothing. But if I think about it, then I'm like, yo, this is kind of, I do kind of feel weird. So I feel like it's kind of mental too. No, for sure. And that, that was probably one of my biggest um, hurdles to overcome whenever I did switch to be like eating vegan was not having like a chicken or a steak yeah. or a salmon, like on the plate, yeah. just yeah. eating something like having that feel for like, I need protein there. But yeah. after a while you get over it. And you're... Yeah, definitely. Well, Tony, I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate you coming on. And um, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you on social media? Yeah, so my IG handle is t.rocha, R-O-C-H-A, 16. Um, and that's the same for Twitter. So I'm only on those two platforms. Not TikTok yet, but <laughs> we'll see maybe soon. 
<laughs> there you go. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.